Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily, and welcome to Master Leadership, where we connect with leaders worldwide to gain insights on important topics to help us on our journey towards greater significance. If you would like to participate as a guest, or if you have a question that you would like to ask a guest, go to masterleadership.org for more information. Sarah Sabin calls herself a career chameleon. After nearly 10 years in the corporate world, she left for good in 2016. After leaving, she became the founder of two startups, one successful, one not, where she learned about the importance of great leadership the hard way through mistakes, successes, and trials. Since leaving the startup world, she has built a multi-six-figure coaching practice working with successful leaders and entrepreneurs of high-growth six- and seven-figure businesses. She believes that a new type of leader is necessary for businesses to achieve long-term sustainability in an exponentially changing business world. Being technically brilliant is only the start. Balanced leadership is a delicate dance. For a leader to be truly successful, they have to understand how to motivate, inspire, and push people to achieve more than they ever thought possible and approach business growth and challenges in a strategic focused way so that they become more influential and effective, ultimately increasing their impact. Sarah also writes regularly for Entrepreneur Magazine as part of their leadership network and The Fast Company and is a regular guest podcast speaker. Our interview will begin right after messages from our sponsors. Have you been wanting to launch your podcast and just haven't found the right resources? I launched Master Leadership Podcast in 2016, and it now ranks in top 1% globally. I've gathered all I've learned and created Master Your Podcast in a Weekend course on Master Your Swag app so that you have everything you need to share your voice with the world, minus those excuses. So download Master Your Swag app on Google or Apple platforms to access the Master Your Podcast course and launch your podcast this weekend. Welcome, Sarah Sabin. How are you? I'm so good, Lily. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, we have this brunette glasses kind of thing going on. Yeah, we've got kind of similar glasses styles here. (laughs) (laughs) So we're excited to have you on our podcast. Are you ready to pour into our listeners? I am. I am. Awesome. All right, Sarah, So, tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now. So I'm still on the path to leadership. I know it's a cliche, but it's a continuous learning path every day. But my story started uh, working in corporates. So I was in the corporate world for nearly 10 years as a tax accountant, then went to work for a multifamily office, managing a team and looking after a portfolio of high net worth individuals and families. 
And let's call it the seeds of unrest started whilst I was in the last year or two of my corporate career. And I started questioning what I was doing and why I was there and what it all meant. And it was around that time in my life that my friend approached me and said, hello, would you like to co-found a startup? So I had my rose-colored spectacles on at that point. I was like, yeah, sure, let's 100% do that. I think some people are born entrepreneurs, but the bug kind of bit me later in life, put it that way. Or so, maybe it's just dormant. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it, actually. Yeah, it was lying dormant until it was mm-hmm. awakened. <laughs> And basically started this startup back in 2015. It was helping doctors in the UK to find alternative careers outside of medicine. So we organized events and networking and we had a recruitment arm to the business. Long story short, it was all going well. And so I said, right, I'm done with the corporate world, end of 2015, and went to work on the startup full time. And, you know, I think being an entrepreneurial leader is a challenge in itself where you are the founder of that organization. So what I found over the course of that year in my first startup was that my vision and my co-founder's vision were completely diverging from each other. And there was a lot of that unhealthy leadership dynamic between us, which was affecting the rest of the team. So what follows is a lot of mistakes that I made as an entrepreneurial leader. And to end that story, I ended up leaving that business to her and walking away because I said, right, this is going nowhere positive. Here, you keep running this. I'll retain a small shareholding and I'll go off and start another startup, which is exactly what I did. So I went to start a recruitment technology startup. And it was two and a half years of my life. It was a really weird period as a leader because I had founded it by myself. I had found investment to build the minimum viable product. I had brought on a co-founder. I'd brought a team in around me. And I felt very alone as a leader. And I can say as well that I probably wasn't very good to work with. And a lot of that was because I was suffering from chronic stress, anxiety, near burnout twice. Mm -hmm. And it was really impacting how I showed up for my team, the kind of decisions I was making for who was on my team. I had trouble delegating. All the skills that I've developed over the years were very much in the kind of early phases there. So I realized now the importance of clear communication, but it kind of flew out the window at the time because like many entrepreneurs, I was like, right, must focus on big picture. Things must get done. And that's all that matters here. So everything else went out the window. To cut that long story short, at the end of two and a half years, my co-founder said, hey, I found an investor that's going to put in a, a whole load of money. Aren't you happy? And to the outside world, it looked like everything was going well but inside and my personal life was crashing around me and I said I cannot ethically take this money and promise to be here for the next three to five years so I decided to walk away which brings me to the path that led me to where I am now which basically is coaching 
because I discovered transformational coaching for myself. And it was so life-changing for me in so many ways that I thought, wow, what if this could be what I do? What if this could be my business? And I set out proof of concept on it, <laughs> like a startup founder in my first few months. And I proved the concept and got on with it. And I niched into leadership coaching and never looked back. So I help entrepreneurial leaders of high growth businesses to get to the next stage, to up level, to scale up through being wonderful leaders and building high performing teams. So that basically is my path to leadership. You started as a tax accountant, two businesses that you walked away from. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And at the very beginning, you said there was a seat of unrest. What was that unrest? This was kind of in the last year or two of my corporate career. Right. I just felt like what I was doing wasn't enough anymore but I didn't have direction as to what was better. So because we tend to think of leadership in a linear way, a logical step for me would have been, right, let's stay here and get promoted or let's make a lateral move, go to somewhere else for the next level up and more money. But that didn't feel like the right decision. It felt like I would be in the same position again in a year if I chose to do that. So I knew deep down that something else was needed. I just didn't know what it was. And when someone suggested, you know, let's start a startup, I was like, wow, I felt that excitement that I hadn't felt in maybe a year or two. So Sarah, the reason I ask is because what I picked up is that you were tuned in enough to know that that was a seat of unrest. Many people get that and they just plow on. They just continue moving forward. And I love that you tuned into there's something else here. And then you took the courageous step to step out of what was comfortable. You became an entrepreneurial leader, which is a beautiful way to go because we learn the need to lead ourselves well. One of the things that you talked about was that because you had stress, anxiety, you had all this stuff going on, it showed up in different ways in how you connected with other people. And I strongly believe that as leaders, if we don't deal with our stuff, it's magnified in leadership and we hurt people. Yes, that's so true. Because why do we get bad leaders? We get bad leaders because people feel insecure, they're trying to prove a point, they're going through something traumatic in their life and it's coming out in explosions, they're not managing their emotions, so those emotions are coming out in a negative way. It always starts with us. Yes, and I love that journey that you spoke about because it just shows that thread of how you're someone who really wants to tap into your source and to be authentic in how you show up. Transformational leadership, I remember when that term came up, I was actually experiencing it as opposed to just learning it. And there were a lot of people talking about transformational leadership, but didn't know what that was. And it, it starts with us, doesn't it? It starts with us taking ourselves on so that we can serve others better. Exactly. If we can't lead ourselves, 
we can't lead other people, period. It's not something you can learn in a book either. We can all read books, but unless we internalize it, it's just an intellectual level understanding of something. Right. So as someone who is always interested in transformational leadership and coaching, where can I connect with you? So I'm very active on LinkedIn, Sarah Caroline Sabin, and my website is sarahsabin.com. That's Sarah without an H, which is much more common in the US than in the UK, I have to say. Beautiful. And what kinds of resources do you have? So I have lots of content on leadership on LinkedIn. I write articles for Entrepreneur Magazine and The Fast Company. And I also wrote what I call an easily digestible, practical book on leadership that you can find on BookBoom. Love it. Thank you. Now, as a lifelong learner, Sarah, what are you learning right now? I try to read one chapter from one book every day. So this is about building habits. But what's got me thinking recently is Jim Collins' book, Good to Great. It's really redefining what leadership is. It was written, I think, in the 90s, because it talks about a lot of leaders that were leaders during the 70s to 90s. And what I really love about the concept of this book is we all tend to think of leaders as super charismatic people that are like really out there and like create amazing things. So Elon Musk, for example, or even Steve Jobs was this real face that everyone knew. But that version of leadership can be really intimidating because if you're introverted, you think, well, I'm not that charismatic or interesting or clever. So how can I be a great leader? But this book basically says that actually leadership is not about charisma or charm. It's about qualities that people find surprising that actually lead to exceptional company results. And it's something that I've talked about before, unfortunately, because we all have perceptions of leadership and some of them aren't positive. We don't see the leader in ourselves because we're like, oh, well, I'm not like that. But we all have that capacity within us. And one of the things that's super important is collaborating with other leaders who have different skill sets and strengths and superpowers, right? Yes. I mean, collaboration is really key. It's collaboration over competition. An old way of thinking about it might be, well, I don't want so-and-so to steal my idea or to steal my position. I don't want to be seen to be weak in any way. Whereas collaboration is about, well, we all acknowledge that we all have our limitations. You have strengths I don't have. And therefore, let's club together and work on something together because it's teams that build amazing things, not one superstar player. Right. You know, one of the people that I follow, one of my mentors is John Maxwell, and he's big in leadership. If you don't know him, look him up, Google him. But one of the things that he always talks about that's even more important than studying leadership or developing your leadership is developing self-awareness. Yes. Um, Well, it's the foundation of emotional intelligence. Yes. And if we don't have that, no matter how much we study leadership skills or leadership development, we won't grow 
to our capacity and we won't value those around us and we won't do the beautiful things that transformational leadership involves. And so super important to really look at ourselves. We can name it the old way of thinking, but the truth is humanity is humanity. We'll think this way if we're not navigated differently, if we don't really look internally, no matter what our age, we become insecure, we become competitive. And it's all about how we deal with what's in our hearts. We have to deal with our shit. Yeah. And it's one of the hardest things to do, isn't it? It is. I literally have to do a check-in and I think I should even do it more regularly. But my most recent one was a few weeks ago. And I was like, wow, I've been telling myself I've been doing X, Y, and Z, but actually I haven't. What's going on there? And unless you do that regularly, you tend to buy into the stories that you tell yourself. That's important. So tell us a little bit about your check-in because maybe we can steal some of those tips. Well, I suppose this is another learning point that I had recently. I reread the book Atomic Habits by James Clear and I'm goal-oriented. All high achievers, in fact, are goal-oriented. And the thing about goals is you're always chasing goals. You hit a goal and then you're already on the next goal. You're not even happy about the, <laughs> you're not happy about the goal that you've just done. Do you stop to celebrate? Because I need help with that. No, it's the same with me. That's another check-in I have to do with myself. Oh, I've just achieved something. Let's actually stop and celebrate this. As I ask my clients, are you celebrating that? I have to sit down and ask it to myself as well. It's not the goals per se that fulfill us. And what I really love from that book is the idea of the infinite game. If we focus on the processes that create success, then actually that is the important thing. And we stop making excuses for not following the processes because what tends to happen is we want to achieve X goal or X result. And we can get into this sorry cycle where we're like, oh, I'm not achieving it. I'm not achieving it. I'm not achieving it. And then when you stop and actually sit down, do a self-awareness exercise and dig into what's going on, what are you doing? You start to see and realize why it might not be happening. Mm -hmm. Once you become aware, you stop making excuses. Then you ask yourself the question, okay, well, what do I need to be doing that I am not doing? The next stage after that is how do I hold myself accountable to doing that? So for me, you know, it's very important for coaches to have other coaches. Absolutely. And to time block the important stuff and stop saying yes to everything and stop getting distracted. But unless you're aware of that and check in, what we tend to do is get on this busy cycle like a hamster wheel and we don't stop to question anything. I love the check in. Thank you. Now, when you think of leadership today, Sarah, What most concerns you and what are you most hopeful about? So what most concerns me is an over-focus on operational management and technicalities of a job. So basically, a lot of people in leadership got there because they're great at their job, but they're actually not so good with people. And at the end of the day, when you're in a leadership or management position, because I see leadership and management as two different things, so... I'll just separate those out. It's the people that drive results. So your job is to help the team to drive results. And it's really concerning that 
people that end up in management positions don't necessarily have the leadership skills to support that. And furthermore, even if they were to get that training, which is important, they need to want to take on the responsibility of that management or leadership position. So often people will say yes to promotion because it means more money, but it takes them away from actually what they're really good at doing and what they love doing. And therefore, they don't tend to succeed in it as much. So essentially, my concern is square pegs and round holes. But what I'm really hopeful about is that there is much more emphasis today on leadership training and skills than there ever has been in the past. And it's no longer as okay to put up with really bad habits from employees as it used to be. So I remember a conversation I had with one of the partners at EY Consulting. I think this was last year, and he was talking about empathy in the workplace. And he said that there was a very high billing person working at EY, but he had terrible leadership skills. So anyone in his team would just leave because they couldn't cope with him. They tried to support him in leadership training. He still wasn't changing. So they had to say goodbye. And, you know, that's really interesting because the fact that they chose values over money and they acknowledged the network impact of a bad leader and its impact on the wider team and the value system of the company made me hopeful that things are really changing in the right direction and there is more of a drive to have good leaders and bring up good leaders. What I love about that too is that they recognize that they need to support someone before they let them go, right? Because there are many organizations that, as you said, promote people without supporting them. Just because you know how to do something well doesn't mean you know how to lead well. Exactly, yes. And so organizations are um, becoming aware that leadership development, leadership training, leadership coaching, the work that you do, the work that I do is super important in how we move forward. All right. So we have a question from a former guest. Holly Daniels Christensen wants to know, how do you stay motivated daily to fulfill all the responsibilities of leadership? Oh, such a good question. And weirdly one I've been putting a lot of thought into recently. I've come to the conclusion that chasing motivation 100% of the time is a futile exercise. What matters in leadership is how you show up on the days when you don't feel motivated, when you're like, oh, I want to hit the snooze button or, oh, I don't want to do this or that. Because essentially it's impossible to be motivated all of the time. Mm. Now, you can always get back into motivation and that comes back to re-looking at the big picture of why you're doing what you're doing, finding purpose and meaning in what you're doing, and that gives you motivation. Or finding meaning in the process of what you're doing as well. So it can be something as simple as if you set yourself a process of sending 20 emails, like taking a colored paperclip and moving it from one jar to another jar. 
to visually see that you've actually hit your target because actually crossing things off to-do lists for people can be incredibly motivating because it feels like progress moving you forward. And this is the kind of switch away from not making the goals the be all and end all of everything. You know, and all of us are so different. And I love that you bring that up, that it varies too, right? I may be able to change my state. It's about knowing who you are. It comes back to self-awareness. It comes back to self-leadership. And then this is also where coaching and what you do comes into play. And it's so important for leadership because we're in our heads a lot. And sometimes we need that coach to help ask those questions that bring us out of this state of not motivated to a state where we can function at a high level in spite of that. I mean, I'm going to come back to the Atomic Habits book. It's a great book for talking about how to set habits that get you past the phases where you're not motivated. Because once things become habitual, we're less reliant on motivation. Yeah. And I know that for me, I reset every morning and I have a routine because I have some intense dreams at night, Sarah. I don't know about you. <laughs> I wake up a certain type of way and I know that if I reset, then I'm okay. And it's about, again, what you said, getting to know yourself, transforming who we are through coaching. That's super important. Now, as a listener of this podcast, what's a question that you would like a future leadership guest to respond to? So I tend to ask this question to a lot of leaders, and that is, what do they believe are the top three qualities of exceptional leaders? That's a great question. So can you tell us what you believe are the top three qualities <laughs> of an exceptional leader? <laughs> I thought that would come back on me. <laughs> so number one, caring about other people so they care about people purpose-driven mission-driven I put all of those things together because if you care about a mission then you help other people to care about a mission and you care about helping people to achieve their own mission so I tend to put all of that together into one thing number two get stuff done a hashtag GSD was the one I made up the other day as a leader, you need to be strategic, focused and value your time. Stop telling yourself you're super busy all the time and, you know, buying into this culture of busyness. Are you busy or are you productive? And if you're not productive and impactful, what do you need to get rid of? What do you need to do more of? And then start holding yourself accountable to that. And thirdly, it's understanding people and putting them in their zone of genius. So I was always talking before about putting square pegs and round holes. If you put people that don't want to do that particular job, don't really care about the mission of the company and expect them to do a good job, you're probably going to be banging your head against a wall. So it's in your interest to understand how to align the visions of your employees with the visions of the company and help them to see how they can develop themselves. And it's super important that we do care about people, that we get stuff done, that we're productive, and that we know people enough to put them in the right place. I have three. 
it changes somewhat as far as order. But for me, when I think of the top three qualities, one is self-awareness. Because if you're not self-aware, you really can't change or you really can't transform. The other one is humility. Because humility and wisdom go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. And man, I want to follow a leader who's wise and who practices humility, authenticity. And the third one I would say is, and we don't speak about this a lot, love. That's Mm. the four letter word that we don't talk about in schools or in organizations, but love drills down to valuing people, knowing where they fit. I mean, it's that whole thing and loving people enough to care to give them what they need and sometimes let them go because they fit better elsewhere. So that's a fantastic question that I will absolutely ask. So much to learn, right? Yeah, I mean, I loved your answer, actually. Self-awareness is a big one. And love encompasses so much because it's your love for your employees, your love for your customers, your love for the impact that your company is making in the world. And it's not a word that tends to be associated with business. Right. We don't talk about it. It's brushed under the carpet. (laughs) Unspoken fall of the word. Damn it. I'm going to say it. So Sarah, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? I really want to thank you for having me on your show, Lily. And I've really, really enjoyed this conversation. Sarah, it's been wonderful. Tell us again your website. SarahSabin.com and LinkedIn. I am Sarah Caroline Sabin. And for wonderful transformational coaching, make sure you tap into her resources. Sarah, thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Lily. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.